When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we're going to be talking about a very different kind of outdoor activity, one that most of us have probably never done before. But Jamie, you tell me, in all of your outdoor adventures, have you ever done any (laughs) elk calling? I cannot say that I have. I like to talk to animals outside. I really do. I like to whistle at the birds. I like to make little kissy noises at all the squirrels and chipmunks, Um, you know, talk to the crows and stuff. Elk, that's a harder one to do. I'm not sure. Like, I've heard elk bellowing out in the woods before, but I don't know that I could recreate that noise or speak in any sort of language that an elk would understand. Right. And I think there's a little bit of a difference between talking to smaller animals like a cat I will make noises at and meow at. But if even if I saw oh, an yeah. elk in person, I think I would just be stunned. I'd just be shook, like staring <laughs> at it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't even know what type of sound would I could even come come out of my mouth, really, for that. <laughs> well, there there is. Thankfully, for those of us who do not know anything about this, a whole world of elk calling, including the world of competitive elk calling, which I did not know anything about until our colleague, Sam Swindler, uh, recently went out and interviewed the Women's World Elk Calling Champion. Uh, So Sam is here on the show with us today to tell us a little bit more about all of this. Sam, thanks for coming on. Sure. So, Sam, you alluded to this recently in an episode we had about Eastern Oregon, about heading out there to the eastern part of the state to track down this elk calling champion. Um, you have some audio from an interview you had with, uh, with her today. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you found this person. What were the circumstances that led you to interviewing this person? So I got a press release from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Very exciting. Um, and it was talking about the uh, championships that they had had in Utah and the winners. And um, they mentioned sort of the the men's winner and the professional calling division winner. But they also mentioned the women's calling champion. And it happens to be a 12-year-old girl who lives in Eastern Oregon. 
She lives in La Grande. That's amazing. <laughs> this was her second time competing at the World Champions. She was the runner-up last year, and this year she won. I'm trying to remember what I was doing at 12 years old, and I feel like it was like probably playing video games in my bedroom, not doing competitive elk calling. So this is just super, super intriguing to me. And Sam, I understand you went out there and did some interviews with uh, with her and with her, uh, who was it, her, her uncle, her father? Her uncle, who is also okay. her trainer. Amazing. And you have a bunch of audio that you've brought back to listen to today. So I think what we're going to do today is something a little bit different for the show, which is just play some audio from Sam's interview. Talk about it a little bit after, but um, Sam, how about we get to some of that audio we got? My name is Eloise, and I'm the Women's World Elk Calling Champion. In the women's division, there was eight women, but uh, in the other divisions, there was quite a few more competitors. I could have competed in the youth. I just felt like more of a challenge, and because why not? <laughs> it originally started when my Uncle Mike introduced me. He would practice all the time, and I just started practicing, and he coached me. It's just really unique, and it's fun to try and call Elkin, and just getting to see them coming in is just great. You're trying to make the elk come to you, or in competition, you're just trying to sound as much like a bull elk or a cow elk as you can. Um, I have a bugle tube and a reed. I stick the reed in my mouth and I can adjust the sound by my tongue pressure. Uh, I'm going to do a locator uh, bugle. Uh, this one's a whip ball. When it's super mad or just when it's telling its cows to just get back to the herd. I can also do uh, an estrus call, which is when the cow, uh, cow elk are, are in heat. I'm going to do calf sounds with our baby elk. can do an alarm bark, which is when the cow elk or bull elk are, they just see something or they smell something and they're trying to alert the herd. I don't think most of my friends know what it actually is. So when I told them, they were just like, cool but I don't think they know what it actually is, so. And check on you, this depends. What was that like? Uh, it was great. It was beautiful up there, and there was just so many people that were amazing to talk to and meet, and they're all just super nice. Were you nervous at all? Uh, yeah, very nervous. I could definitely hear my heart the whole time. Uh, I had to compete against, I think I competed four times. Uh, against uh, four different women. I got a trophy. I got $2,500 and some, just a bow and some other accessories. 
Um, I usually use rifle because I can't pull enough poundage to kill an elk yet. So, uh, I enjoy many sports and I just do a lot of stuff. Basketball, soccer. I'm going to be doing tackle football this year. Um, I do, I did softball a while back and uh, I do track and wrestling and well, I think that's it. So I watch a lot of videos and I get help from so many different people that I meet and just practicing, just trying to make the sound and just watching a video and then improving and trying to make that sound better. Usually when they make a sound, I try and come as close to that sound as I can so that I don't take it to a wrong area like if they're getting super mad and I just make some quiet sounds and just be super mellow they're not going to want to come fight in some cases uh depends on what time of season it is like if it's when it's during rut you're going to probably make some cow sounds but you're still going to make bull sounds so you make bull sounds majority of the time Ella is incredible. <laughs> not only at <laughs> yeah. elk calling, not only at elk calling, but it sounds like a wide variety of activities she dabbles in. <laughs> she also has a 4.0 is what her mom told me. So she's, oh my a, God. she's a busy, smart girl. <laughs> what an incredible kid. And can we talk for a second about those sounds she was making with her mouth? What, what, what in the world? So that is what elk sound like. Apparently. Yes, it's crazy. I I didn't really know what sounds an elk makes, and I kind of wanted to just go into meeting her, having no idea. I don't. I've never heard an elk. I don't think I've ever really seen an elk in real life, except in my car. Um, and it's a very kind of horrifying sound <laughs> that they make. It's really. It's like a. High, it's high pitched, higher pitched than you would think would come out of an animal like that. Um, and quite a wide variety that she is able to recreate. So I was pretty impressed. I mean, if I heard those sounds, not knowing that this little girl was making them, I would not think whatsoever that a human was making those noises. It's also interesting because like grown men make these sounds mostly. It's mostly hunters who are making these and it's mostly like large grown men. And so to see clips from the, the world championship competition, I mean, that's who else is up on that stage? Now, she competed against the adult women. Again, she mentioned she could have gone in the youth division, but she wanted a challenge. Oh, my um, gosh. So Amazing. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. So were the other competitors by far, like, much older than her? Yeah, from what I could tell. Um, they're, again, besides the youth division, um, they were all grown women. Well, we've got a, a little bit more audio here. Sam, why don't you set up this next uh, clip for us? So um, when I went to meet Ella, I also met her uncle, Mike, who is, uh, well, he's her uncle and her coach, the one who got her into elk calling. My name is Mike Kopp. Ella is my niece and it's my sister's daughter. Yeah, I've always been big into hunting and I would, I would call and I, I mean, to be honest, I kind of waited and looked for some sort of interest and she was the first one to show interest. So I definitely capitalize on it and then her interest just 
just grew and pursued it. She started calling it nine, but she's always kind of been interested in outdoors and animals and stuff. And then I was calling and I don't remember exactly how it happened, but at some point I thought it'd be a good idea to give her a call and see how she did. And she picked it up really fast. Actually, her sister was calling a little bit too, but stuck with Ella a little bit more. But she's got a just a natural ability to, to listen and repeat things really well. And she's she's got good ears. So she was pretty good at imitating things that I would do. And I was pretty surprised like how fast if I tell her to try to make a sound, she could pretty much mimic it. And we'd just sit there and go back and forth. And I'd make a sound and she'd make a sound and I make a different sound and she could usually copy it pretty darn close and it didn't take very much critiquing because she could just hear the difference like I'm kind of kind of tone deaf so I don't pick it up near as good as she does but she can hear different tones a lot better than I do it's almost I think like people that are good at music are probably a lot better at calling because they can hear the different sounds and tones and repeat them better which isn't a super strong suit for me but I think she's just got that ability when she started practicing and learning, it was I don't even think there was any direction to copy, but she just was good at mimicking. So I'd make a sound and she'd make it a lot of times we're riding in the car. So we'd be going down the road and got to read. we just go back and forth so a lot of times there's people she'll know and she'll just get in battles with them like their elk and one of them will bugle and she'll hit him back and then he'll come back and it's like a bunch of guys screaming at each other but you're doing it with your tubes and then everybody there's super helpful like they're all there to compete and win but they're not gonna try to knock you down or anything so they're all willing to give you advice and help you or whatever they they all want like everybody to win but I think it's probably a smaller percentage of the hunters that bugle. Um, it's super effective sometimes. And usually, I mean, it's only in rut, so that's generally archery season in September, maybe early October. But uh, it's it's a different kind of hunting. Like, you're not just out there to harvest an animal. You're It's a lot of fun to have them come in and know that you're able to call them in and interact with them and try to understand what they're saying. So like there's calling and making the sounds and then, but you can't just make the sounds and be a good elk hunter. You have to interpret what they're saying. And it's just like people, when you walk up to somebody and you can just tell they're irritated just by their demeanor or the tone in their voice. So there might be a bugle and they're the two same bugles, but you can just hear a little bit of undertone in it. And you have to read the emotion of the animal and try to figure out what's going on to know how to respond. Like 
if you walk up to a guy and he's yelling at you and wants to fight, you don't say, cool, I want a glass of milk. Like you have to kind of understand what they're saying to, and then they're, they're a lot like people. So you, you want to figure out what they're saying and then what you would say back to make them come to you or get the reaction that you want. Like you're, you're a lot closer to them. You're, you're seeing what they're doing and you're trying to communicate with them. And in a way you're, you're controlling them, which is something that's really difficult to do with any animal and we're able to do it. And it's, I don't think you're ever get, uh, stop learning because just the more time you spend with them, the more you understand. It's like, if we were to go to another country, we don't have their language in a year, you might be able to talk to them, but in 10 years you could talk fluently to them. Well, it's kind of the same thing with elk. The more time you spend with them and the more time you talk to them, the more you understand what they're doing and how they're going to react to it. And I mean, that can even change. It'll, it'll change to the seasons, how they're going to react. And sometimes the area, depending on hunting pressure or the environment. And so just trying to read every place you are in the season and the motion of the elk. It, I don't know. It's, it's always changing and it's always fun. You're constantly learning things. So uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot more to it than just harvesting elk. It's really nice to find something that we can do with a family and and everybody's involved with it. Grandma comes down because she comes from an extremely active family. Like you saw all the sports she do. Sometimes they're doing two or three sports at a time and her sister's the same way. She's doing daily doubles right now, so she couldn't be here. So she needs a lot of support from the rest of the family. So usually it's kind of me and grandma's thing that we get to go to these events with her and have that time. But yeah, it's definitely uh, nice having something in common that we can do. So they have seven judges behind the, the curtain and each one of them, they'll give a score. So they had uh, cow sounds, bull sounds and freestyle. And they would pretty much score them on all three of them. Uh, both contestants because it's head-to-head competition and then each judge would have who won off of that and then they'd add all the winning judges together so there's a possible possibility of seven and she had one round she was six to one and she was seven zero every other round but they're they're looking for reality and variety and then to see the control that you have with the reed like you can make a sound with the reed and a and just blow as hard as you can and kind of an elk sound will come out but if you have like a really smooth escalation through the tones sharp control dropping off good like and then a ton of range they're really reading that trying to see your range and control and then of course the reality of the sounds i think i was more nervous than she was (laughs) I was trying to video her. I was shaking so bad. She'd get, she'd go up against amazing callers. I was like, boy, she's got her hands full. And then scores would come up and get through another round. It was pretty awesome. Been better to have the camera pointed the other direction because she bugled and everybody was like, did that seriously just come out of that little girl? Because she just has such a powerful bugle that it's hard for people to compete with her, especially in the women's class, because 
that just don't have the lung capacity and power, but somehow she's got a super powerful bugle. And every time somebody hears her that hasn't heard her before, they're just blown away that she's able to make it sound like that. I think she's just getting started. So there's going to be a lot of people hunting for her next year. Once you're the world champion, they know what, what they're up against and they'll be watching her. So she's going to have to keep changing and improving and come at them from a different direction. So there's a game plan just like any other sport or something. So they're, they're going to watch what she did and how she won. So she's going to have to one up it every year because they'll be mimicking her next year. There's a lot of people that make careers out of it. Chrissy Titus is from Central Oregon, and she has a, I think it's called Call of the Wild TV series and has Ruger and a bunch of sponsorships, so you can definitely make, make a career out of it. She had some offers after Worlds, but right now we just want to make sure it stays fun and that she has options. Once you get tied up with a company, you're kind of expected to use their products and stick with them and it's kind of tough because which all the all the vendors and manufacturers are super awesome they're all friends they all get along but it getting tied to one brand right now would kind of be uh it's cool but um leave the options open be able to use everything and have good relationships with all of them and it's but yeah there's definitely opportunity in the future we just want to have have fun and do what what works best for her right now. Well, Mike sounds like such a great trainer and mentor for Ella. And also, it just sounds like he has so much pride for his niece. I don't know if you got that impression, Sam. Totally. The whole family was there. They were all very proud of her. Grandma was there too. <laughs> well, it seems like just a, a really bright future ahead for her. Uh, but we are not yet done hearing from this elk calling family. Um, Sam, we've got one more clip of audio, but first, before we hear that, we're going to take a short break. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, folks, we are back talking about the fascinating world of elk calling with our uh, own 12-year-old world elk calling champion here in Oregon. Sam, we've already heard from uh, her and her uncle, and I understand we've got one more clip of audio. What are we going to be hearing next? This is where Mike is sort of explaining to me how they make these sounds because they both make it look really easy and it's it's not. It takes a lot of skill. They're using kind of like a musical instrument read and they gave me one to try to practice with. It is very difficult to make any kind of sound come out of it. Um, so this is Mike sort of talking about the process and explaining how they make these sounds. Yeah, it's called a, a diaphragm read. And uh, it's kind of like any musical read. It's vibration and the the pressure and whether it's with your tongue or air or change the pitch of it. So when you're making the sounds, you're changing how hard you're blowing and how hard you're pushing on it or the location where you're pushing. That'll change how the read vibrates. So sometimes instead of mimicking each other, we'd act like we're 
where actually elk in the scenario goes through. So a lot of times it'll, it'll start at a location bugle where you're, that's more like a, Hey, where are you at? I'm over here kind of thing. And then as they get closer and if there's cows around it, it'll escalate. So a lot of times when we're calling together, we kind of act, go through the scene that a, a bull would actually go through when they're interacting. So this is a location bugle. And by that point, they're usually right there next to each other. As they get closer, the calls get louder and more aggressive. You can kind of hear some emotion in it. And then at that point, they're either, uh, a lot of times they don't fight. They're, I mean, they're so much like people if you see how they interact. So they kind of try to look like the biggest, baddest one and talk the toughest. And they'll come out bugling like that. And they'll come out from behind trees and they'll just be high-headed, puffed up and try to make that other bull think he's the biggest one and run him off. And then if that doesn't work, it'll escalate to a fight. So it, it's all show and yelling and talking until it gets to the actual fight, but often it doesn't end in a fight. He talks about this. They're like people. They're like drunk guys in a bar. Like they are going to talk a lot of <laughs> they're going to talk a lot of crap. But when it comes right down to it, they very frequently don't actually fight. They just want to yell at each other and then they back off. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Elk, just like us. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> so when Ella is practicing, it, where where exactly is she going um, to go and practice? But also, like, how frequently is she seeing Elk? She lives in a, a rural area outside of Legrand, and she practices with the elk herd that lives outside of her house. So she'll just go outside and try to call the elk to her. <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> as one does. Yeah. They are they are her other training partner. <laughs> and when I, when I caught up with them, they were actually um just about to start on a family hunting trip. So um grandma was there, she was with her uncle. They were meeting up on some property. I met them there before they went on their elk hunt. Uh it's archery season, he's an archer. Um Elle is the caller. Uh I thought it was funny that she, in the women's class, she won a bow and is too small to use it just yet. <laughs> <laughs> when she said she won a bow, for some reason in my head, I'm thinking like a ribbon, like you might oh, win. Oh no, she won an archery bow, Amazing. an elk hunting archery <laughs> bow, but she is not quite large enough to, she talks about pulling the poundage. She can't pull it back quite yet. She is tiny. Wow. Well, Sam, you, you mentioned too that you were given a read. Do you happen to have that read with you? And can you can you give us a little one of your own elk calls? I do have a read. I can potentially make a sound with it. <laughs> it will not be an elk sound. Uh, it looks like kind of like a musical read mixed with a retainer. And so it goes on the roof of your mouth. 
and it t- and it really tickles. This is the thing that they don't tell you because it's like vibrating the tip of your tongue, and so it's a very it's a very weird tickly sensation. Um, and when I do this, my dog will lose his mind. So yeah, I can make it work. <laughs> and that is a, a sound with a read and it is you can hear it is upset my dog but it's so What's- it's so it feels so funny in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> Not anywhere close to what they can do with it. Look but, out, yeah. Ella. Sam is coming for your title. <laughs> it's really, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing. And I think with some practice, it would be really cool to be able to do this. Something that Mike mentioned to me is that he's a little surprised that people don't just do elk calling for fun, not just for hunting, like just to call elk to you. I mean, kind of like bird watchers or whatever. I mean, it's, it's interesting to interact with them. I would love to see this uh, explode as a new hobby among Oregon outdoors enthusiasts. And, you know, hey, maybe maybe Ella will inspire some more folks to go out there and do it. Um, definitely a fascinating, fascinating thing to do. Um, Sam, thank you so much for coming on and sharing the story and for going out there and bringing it back to us. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to the weird sounds that came out of my mouth. <laughs> And if you want to see Ella in action and watch Sam's video, you can do so on hereisoregon.com and you can watch the full video with a little bit of that audio as well. But until next time, we should wrap things up. So you can watch our videos, all of our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on oregonlive.com slash travel as well as hereisoregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and are interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen. And please make that an outcalling noise. That'd be perfect for right here. <laughs> Is that Zenful? <laughs> what? I think it can be amongst, among certain people. Sure. Ah, just sitting in the forest hearing the elk's bugling. That, that high-pitched... <laughs> There we go.